Hey girls and guys, and welcome to the Always a Bridesmaid podcast. We're your hosts, Mallory and Marissa. We are two best friends in our 30s turned neighbors living in Newport Beach, California. As a couple of girls who have collectively been in over 25 weddings, none of which were our own, we know a thing or two about life after walking down the aisle. So join us as we talk all things relationships, friendships, wellness, and celebrating every season of life. From interviewing fearless single females to navigating the ups and downs of millennial dating to owning, loving, and nurturing your true authentic self. We can't wait to embark on this journey with you. But first things first, will Will you be our bridesmaid? Hello. What's up, bridesmaids? We are Stella got her motherfucking groove back. Oh, we are. We are just we are just a little bit. Welcome to another episode of Always a Bridesmaid podcast where Marissa and I talk about our really fucking crazy lives. Yeah, we I feel like I will be honest with you guys. I mean, we I even like listening back to last week's episode um, about like the Q1 is done. I still feel like I wasn't completely myself. I think that I was kind of hungover, honestly. Um, and so I feel good. I feel like I'm so excited for today's episode. We are talking all about toxic friendships. I would say out of all of our episodes, this is probably the most highly rated. Yeah, um, this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a really good episode. And I feel like it's the content that like we've wanted to do for so long, but we've been hesitant. So anyways, before we get into that, yeah, let's talk about um let's talk about our weekend, I suppose. Okay. Um let's see. I um have some news to break to um our very amazing listeners. Um as as this may come to um a surprise to some people, um after you know last week having like such high hopes about about some things, I just want to be like upfront honest with our listeners and the things that I'm going through in my life. I want to be able to share with all of you, you know, only to show that we are always one hundred percent authentic. and um I don't want to you know, pretend that something is happening when it's not. And so this last weekend was a little difficult. Um, Alex and I decided to no longer see each other and be in a relationship. Um, It's been a struggle the last few months and well, no, the last month itself. Um, As you guys may know, I've known him for five years and um, there's always been you know, an attraction there. There's always been like love and, um, we've cared for each other very much as friends, um, as a little bit more. And if you guys listen to some previous episodes, you know, we took the chance to see, um, finally after all these years to see if we could actually, you know, make a relationship work. Um, not even just a relationship, but a long distance relationship. And it was hard. I think that we jumped in we jumped into it. I'm not going to say that we did it too quickly because there was just no other way to do it than for us to full fledged, um, you know, jump all the way in being long distance, being apart. It's like, if we didn't make some type of commitment to each other, um, then what else, what difference would it be than any other time we tried to do this? So, um, you know, we care about each other very much. And I, and I think that, you know, there's things going on in his life. There's things going on in my life that we're just not necessarily on the same page, um, with one another. And I think that, um, you know, I really, I, I think that being long distance is hard. I think that 
trying to figure out the future is is hard when the future's so unknown. You know, he's in the military. There's a lot of decisions to be made. I have a very fruitful life out here that I've built, like I always say for myself. And so, you know, it's just there's a lot of decisions that would need to be made and a lot of sacrifice on each end for the relationship. And I think we just realized like early on that it's just not something we could probably give each other right now. So with that being said, like I wish him the absolute best. We still care for each other. You know, I'll be a friend of his and be there for him um, for anything that he needs. But yeah, so we decided to to part ways, but there's, you know, there's no hard feelings there or anything. And I'm glad that I like put myself out there, see what it could be, but it's just, you know, timing isn't, timing is not right for us right now. So yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, um, breakups are not fun and, and I saw how you were whatever, what day was it? Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think when you guys made that morning, made the decision to no longer see each other. And I think I mean, obviously it was very, an emotional conversation that we had. I can't imagine the emotional conversation you guys had, but I think like one thing, one takeaway that I'm so proud of you for is that like from the beginning, even in that episode that aired in December, you said like, I'm going into this being like, I am going to be 100% honest. Yeah. No discounts. I'm going to vocalize my needs. I'm going to do all of that. And that's what you did. And I, I, once heard this piece of advice that said, when you go into a relationship, be your completely yourself, because if it doesn't work out, you will know that it didn't work out because it like, because of you two, it wasn't something that you could have done differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there really isn't any, anything I could have done. I'm, I'm very proud of, you know, how I went into the situation, putting myself out there, you know, not letting, um, how I feel, um, get blindsided by, you know, all the the fluff and, and the goodness and you know while we were together everything is great you know um but you know in a relationship there's more than you know and 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 in life you need to find what makes you fulfilled and happy outside of your partner and i think that that's that is very very important and to be able to recognize that um you know that there's other things that you need to work on in your life to make yourself happy before you know, being in a relationship, that's really, you know, that's, that's really hard to come to terms with that. It took me a really long time to get, to become that kind of person. Cause I would always put, you know, my significant other first or cling to it for happiness or what have you. And I was just, was very much aware of my feelings and my needs this time around. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely proud of myself. Um, this breakup obviously feels very different than anyone that I've ever had. I was telling Marissa, it feels like the most like much, although, my heart hurts because, you know, obviously we care about each other and it's just not working. Um, there's just, this was the most mature breakup I've ever had in, mm-hmm. in my life. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, this happened on Sunday. Um, I had worked that whole weekend and this happened Sunday morning and I just, you know, I decided like I, um, we were, we had our, really good friend, Sam. Um, we've been planning an engagement brunch for her for, for months <laughs> and everything. It's, we've had to reschedule it several times. So I was just like, I'm going to have a girl's day with my girls. I was just like, so excited. It couldn't have happened at a better time because there's no better, there's no better, you know, fuel for your soul than hanging out with your girlfriends and just being around, you know, love itself and celebrating love. And I will always be such a proponent of love. And so 
We had a good day. <laughs> we did. We did. We, so I will say this, you guys, there are a lot of time. I wouldn't say a lot. There are, there is probably about 25% of my life. I'm 33, 33 and single. There's 25% of my life where I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I was married with kids. This weekend was not one of them. This was not one of <laughs> and them. Let me no, explain no, no. to you why. For one thing, I mean, I see on social media, everybody's kids going back to school. I'm sure that that's like a victory in so many parent lives. To me, that just like is another sort of anxiety for me. Like, okay, I'm homeschooling the kid. Okay, that's anxiety inducing. Okay, now I'm sending them to school, but it's like hybrid. It's I don't like know. Two, they're two, there for two and a half hours and they come home and then have to jump on their computer yeah, again. Yeah, I ha we have nieces and nephews, so we hear, you know, from our siblings and I'm like, that gives me so much anxiety. So this weekend, your girl only, of course, needs to focus on herself and Shep. So Friday, I got to, um, I have my very good friends, Amy and Brooke. Brooke's a guest on our podcast today. Um, I got to catch up with them. We went to a restaurant where it's like a bunch of small tapas. And it was just so fun to like sit with friends and like have a meal inside. Mm -hmm. Like as we got to dine inside, it was so nice. And then the next day, um, all of our guy friends were in town. We obviously have a lot of guy friends. We've never been shy oh, about I forgot that about Saturday and we, they all wanted us to go out. So it was like literally seven girls at my house standing strong. Like we will not go out because we knew if we'd go out, we'd be hung over on Sunday. We didn't want that. So like, I purposely like washed my face, like had wet hair and they kept calling us, trying to get us to go yeah, out. And they wouldn't stop calling me because they know that I am literally the weakest link. Oh yeah. Like, she's the weakest. They're link. like, Mallory, don't even answer your phone. And I was like, I, I, the one minute I leave Marissa's house, cause I go to take Shep for a walk and go to um, my apartment to pick up white claws to bring back in that moment, Ramon is FaceTiming me, begging me to come. All the guys are like, we miss you, Mally. Come over, Mally. Drinks, Mally. I, in that moment, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, then <laughs> and she then gets And then I back. step back in the house and you're like, your bitch ass ain't going anywhere. I was like, oh, hide my phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, because Sunday we wanted to have a nice day. Obviously, our sweet Sam just got engaged to our good friend Jordy and it was just, we wanted to celebrate. So naturally, we did what any you know, group of seven women. I, I actually, are we all single? All of us that were at my house, all the ones that were all, at your okay, house. So yes, I had seven girls over. We were watching a movie and eating dinner. We ordered $500 worth of delivered Benny Hanna. Benny Hanna's. Who the fuck do we think we are? We were delivered tap and grill. We were in the mood for tap and grill. Cause you guys, no one can deny that Teppin Grill fried rice is fucking fire. And why the fuck do white people love Teppin Grills? <laughs> like my family dead ass, any birthday, any fucking birthday, my family dead ass, Kishi Upland, we're Kishi there. Upland, Our fucking photos are on the, the wall. Wabi Sabi in Rancho. Oh yeah, we're we're toot toot in that onion choo choo in the zucchini <laughs> going trying to down. Catch, trying to catch that shrimp in your mouth. They're squirting the ketchup <laughs> bottle and there's red string coming out and my mom's hysterically laughing. We're wearing the fucking hats, you guys. They make us, they start making the us hats. hats. 
You know, my nieces and nephews are crying because the flames, they're, they're squirting the oil and the fire. Why do fucking white people love Tepping Grill? Uh, it's honestly the best food. And it's like a show. It's a dinner oh, and a, a show. Fucking, it's a dinner season. So, I mean, that's honestly why. But um, no, so obviously we didn't get to go in. They did, First of all, they didn't have reservations, so they wouldn't take us in because we, we would have gone in. We, and Marissa had this idea that she wanted us to all wear pajamas. Oh, because I saw on Instagram that some people we follow were having like a pajama birthday party. The and most was, beautiful pajamas I've ever like, seen. It I'm was the my, chicest party I've ever, I ever saw. Oh, the chicest. I'm wearing my PJ Salvage, like, uh, you know, dog pajamas, <laughs> they're flannels for God's sakes. And these girls are in like these stunning silk pajamas with like the, the fur on the, the bottom fur on the bottom. And they're, we're, we're so cute. So it was the cutest, but so honestly we have to copy them. But we're going to copy them. <laughs> we're going to copy them um, one day, but no. So then we get Benny Hanna's we're eating sushi. We're eating rice. Brooke gets two pints of the dressing because she I get eats tempura. it with this food. We get tempura. I mean, we get the work fillets, steak, we shrimp. treat ourselves on a Saturday night, but what was the saying that you said, Mar? I don't, um, the decisions we make today. Oh, the dis some, oh gosh. What was that? Will like, make us feel better tomorrow yeah, or something no, like I, that. I basically was saying that the, like, today's rejection is God's no, protection. <laughs> no, I was saying that the decisions, like the hardest part of making a good decision is that sometimes you don't feel the reward until a day, a week, or month. So that Saturday, we knew, like, none of us were drinking. Some of us were smoking. <laughs> but, oh, I guess some of us were drinking. Some of us drinking white claws. Yeah, but, like, we claws. weren't getting fucked up, you know? So the whole plan that day was, like, okay, you know, we're going to rest, get our, you know, sleep so we can all wake up. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate. In that moment, you really do want to go out and hang out with your friends and see everybody and unfortunately, we didn't get to see the fruits of our labor until the next day. Um, but it was worth it. And it was so much fun. We uh, just, we, I'm sorry, if, if, if you guys just have some friends, call your girlfriends over, order Benihana's and watch Prince's Diaries. Yeah. It is food for the motherfucking soul. Yeah, um, it was it was great. But, you know. Then Sunday came. We had this amazing brunch with our friends. We had multiple bottles of um, wine at we the table. To, we uh, went to Kachina in Oteca. And that's a mouthful. And that's a mouthful. And if you haven't been there, there's one in Newport Beach. There's one in Irvine. I'm sure there's more. It is incredible. The focaccia bread oh. is the best thing I have ever put in my mouth. The focaccia bread slaps. It slaps. And it's literally the best thing I've ever so put it in my mouth. And so we went through, I mean, bottles of white wine, rose, sangria. I mean, it was all the things. I think there was a Magnum bottle at one point. Yeah. And we were, you know, doing TikToks at the table, just like catching up. It was, it was so much fun. And I just being around girlfriends, like in the atmosphere, but you know, us being us, we can't just stop there. We can't just go to brunch. It goes from there to, you know, and at this point I'm like, okay, we could stop, but I'm also going through a breakup. So we're going to continue. Oh, <laughs> the day um, a we little were all more. talking about like, oh, where should we go? And we're even, okay. So if you're not from Orange County, even though everything's in Newport Beach, there's a ton of traffic. So a four mile Uber, Uber would be $50. Like it's just, if, especially if it's an XL, everything like adds up so quickly. So we're like, oh, where should we go? Like, we don't want to pay expensive Ubers. And Mallory looks at me. She's all drunk. Her eyes are all cross-eyed. She goes, I'm going through a breakup. Money isn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I just got my commission check. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, girl. So we ended up going to Wild Goose, which we've been fr- fans of Wild Goose forever. It's such a fun bar. It's in Costa Mesa. If you are from the area and haven't been, it's a blast. So we go there. Okay. So first of all, if you follow us on Instagram, I posted this like funny um, TikTok of all of us in our different outfits, but like we were rolling a rolling deep B like, I'm not going to lie. Our group of friends are all very pretty girls and see the bride to be Sam is like a 10 out of 10 with the bride sash. Oh, so yeah. it's the trifecta. Yeah. We had it's as we walked in and I swear, like jaws were dropping, got- drinks were falling to the floor. The dogs were barking. It was like, by the time we, stopped. by the time we sat, I'm not joking. By the time we sat down, we had a round of shots coming. Like it was insane. I, like, I had it. And we were just saying like, I I've been saying this like all through COVID. Like, I think the thing that I miss the most is that like that buzz feeling when you walk into a restaurant or a bar and it's like that energy, you know, it's like the energy of like good food, good drinks, like good looking people. It's just such a vibe. Yeah. And we haven't had that in so long and you know, God delivered. I know. And everyone at that bar was like feeling it too. It, I don't even know what it was. It was, it was as if like, it was everyone, they're fucking had just being like let out of their one year cages. Like ever, it was just like on the prowl and not to mention, I don't think I saw like another female besides us there. So they were just like, no, there were females, no, there were. but they were like the females with that, like I don't wear makeup. I just do blush, you know, those types. And there was like several dogs. They would let us take their dogs. Like one girl and her boyfriend had this like really cute Bernadoodle. And I was like holding it. I was like obsessed. She's like, well, you can walk around the bar with it. Like, see if any guys talk to you. I'm holding this dog. I'm walking around. I'm getting shots. Like, what is going on? It felt it felt pretty good. It was definitely it was fun. It made me realize hit. why I hate online dating. Yes. Um, I, 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 you guys know, I've always say this, that like, I just cannot stand the abs and Mal's Mal's also had better luck than me with the abs, but she's also like such a proponent of like, you know, like, Oh, whatever. But I feel like she finally got a taste of what I meant because yeah, when you meet it's been people, a while since I felt that way. Yeah. When you meet people in the wild, it is true. Like you could just automatically tell who you have chemistry with mm-hmm. when you're talking to a guy who you're vibing with. If you have the same type of sense of humor, you're into the same cocktails. Like it's just a different type of energy than like swipe, swipe. Oh, what's your name? What's your name? You know, like yeah. it's just so just different. that like random short answer, short things, the weird stuff. And I totally, totally, totally get what you, what you mean. And what's funny is that like, there were seven of us and all seven of us were just like spread around the bar at a different, like none of us were together. It was all like talking to other people. And then we'd like flip flop and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, so basically, what <laughs> I don't know how much so you want to go into. Basically, what but. happens is yes, there's seven of us. Actually, at this point, there's five of us because two of our soldiers disappeared. Oh yeah, we lost some of, our, of so- our good two soldiers. Of our soldiers. One soldier had to go back to San Francisco. One soldier had to have like all day meetings Monday, so she couldn't join either. But we love and respect our girls, so we said bye bye and went on our way. So we at one point, I'm not kidding you guys. We were all five separated in different parts of the bar. Like it was mother, it was Vegas. It was Vegas. It was Vegas. You know, we're just like, okay, where are my girls? Okay, everyone's good. We're drinking. So at this point, I think about two hours into the afternoon, we kind of all found like our subgroup. Like we knew where we're at. I was actually talking to a man. Um, (laughs) My mother wants me to date someone blue collar. So unfortunately, he's not blue collar, but he is blue water, meaning he's a pool boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> so he's a pool boy. Hey, we don't discriminate against blue I color, even try, if it's blue water. Yeah, I try so hard to like attract the good guy. No, I attract the party boys every single time and never fails. <laughs> and so I'm talking to the party boy. Of course, we're just like, you know, he's like, oh, what are you doing after this? Let's go party at the alley. Let's go get dinner at the alley. I'm like, okay. Only bad things happen at the alley. I'm not going there. But anyways, it was still fun. I mean, he we ended up texting throughout the night and it was fun. Um, we Do haven't you really- you like no, text again? No, because it was text- like, it was a buzzy conversation where it was like fun. But then I found him on Instagram and his vibe is just not for me. Um, and there was just other things that I will keep offline of why I don't think it would be a good fit. Um, but anyways, it was still like such Are a fun sure time. Are you sure you want to keep that offline? The things he said- yeah, because it's just uh, Mallory knows what he said. <laughs> and it was like the most disgusting things that like, I don't even want to say out loud. Once, but- once again, it's like what kind, you know, a, a girl, a pretty girl going out, you think you're like vibing with someone. And then all of a sudden they just throw a wrench in the system. No, and you're I'll like, just say what he what said. did I do to make you think that you could say that to me? Yeah. So I'm talking to him. We were talking all afternoon. It's going great. Like, honestly, that I didn't care that he was a pool boy you know, blue water, blue collar. I'm here for it. And like, I was into it. He was cute. He was so funny, beautiful smile, beautiful teeth. And like, so funny wearing a, a dirty head or a grateful dead shirt, which, you know, I, I vibe with them. So it was good. So anyways, towards the end of the night, he's like, okay, let me get your number or whatever. And then he's like, um, he's like, yeah. Uh, so do you want to, or I was like, yeah, like the, the best part about being in a relationship is when you get to leave the, you don't have to like stay till it's closing, you know, like you just leave and it's not like you're trying to meet people and have awkward conversations. And he's like, yeah, that, and you get to go home and fuck. And I was like, <laughs> ew, what the hell are you saying? And he's like, what? He's like, what are you saying right now? You don't want to go home and fuck me. And I was like, I am a lady. Yeah. Don't speak to me like, like that. What vibe did I so just give you? I was like, obviously like what vibe am I putting out where you can speak to me like that? So obviously I will be honest. Like I, he had had my number at that point before he started speaking to me like that. And then we texted like one or two and then he, I just like stopped writing back. And honestly, girls, you know, it's, it's hard, but we can't have men speaking to us. Like I know like he could have been drunk or whatever, but that's still kind of like, no, it's just like, you don't need to, I don't know. Yeah. I, not just, I, I think about it. Like, like that. if that was one of my brothers, like speaking to somebody like that, you would throw up I in would your mouth, throw up and be like, so annoyed. Like my, our parents did not raise us. Like, you know, you know, yeah. anyways, so but have a little bit more respect. But, okay. I guess at the end of the day though, um, no one ever said cooking was going to be easy. <laughs> so Mallory, you tell them what happened. To um, you. so, you know, I met some friends, obviously I fell in love with like, one of these dogs. <laughs> and um and the friend at the table you guys i'd say you guys make out that guy turned his head so quick oh my gosh wait did that happen we didn't make out at the we made out at the table yes oh god oh no this is what happens when you have a broken heart it um, wasn't like a make out it make was out. like a pet. it was like a kiss okay well but because i'm like not thing- a pda person i don't would not do that it was but like for- a peck I don't know. But, Either way, we were vibing. Oh, we were talking. okay. You're such a fucking liar. I'm not a PDA person. You're a PDF person. Put that shit in, in Microsoft Word. My girl's going tab front. You are so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, 
No, I'm vibing with this guy. I'm vibing with his friends. Um, you know, he may or may not be um, five, an, ex- five. an executive chef for a bigger executive chef that will not be named. I don't know if he'll ever listen to my. No, he doesn't know. He knows I have a podcast because now. it's so funny. Okay, he works for Gordon Ramsay. But she kept saying, "Guys, he works for Dave Ramsay." And then Dave I turned Ramsey and I said, "Because I was so Ew. fucked up." She's so fucked up. She's- Amar's like Dave Ramsey likes dry hand jobs. <laughs> oh, sorry, you guys, about the barking. Um, Our guest just arrived. But so anyways, we there, you know, we're all vibing, hanging out, whatever. And they're like, come back to our house. You know, um, we're all going to leave here, whatever. I go check in with all the girls like everyone was vibing with all their people. So I was like, OK, I'm going to go. And everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't know why everyone just thinks it's always OK for me to like go away with a stranger. But uh, I could no, have been. No, killed. no, no, no. Stop right now. She does not. No, say- you were gone already. But you didn't tell Jade you were leaving. Yes, I did. I oh, had a full blown conversation oh, and Sam t- and Jade both told me to go. Oh, because okay, they so- were hanging out with like a whole different group of people. And okay. they, I literally brought them to the table. Jade doesn't remember any of this because Jade stayed at Wild Goose until almost midnight on so a school night. I'm I, OK, so I don't know what's going on. I go home. I Uber home alone because now at this point, I just want my weed and social media time. And I check Mal's location and it says Dover fucking Shores. Yeah, and those were nice houses are. And we were so anyways, we all go back there. We have some more drinks. Everyone's getting hungry. And so, you know, we turned it into Hell's Kitchen and um made some homemade fish tacos. But I, I was so drunk and Mar was like, Are you okay? Where are you? And I'm just like, It's fine. I, <laughs> did we FaceTime? No, we FaceTimed and I'm like, Are you okay? And she goes, He's kind of weird. And then she takes a bite and I was like, What are you eating? She's like, homemade fish tacos. <laughs> Like, like he dead ass made a homemade fish tacos. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's how the night went. I ended up um, calling an Uber to go home. And <laughs> I said, that's just, that's all she wrote. But like when I got back to the house, I was thinking like everyone was already home sleeping. Cause it was like about 11 30 and Jade had just pulled up at the same exact time. So I was like, wait, you've been out this whole time too. It was just, it was one of those nights. It was one of those nights where it's the dream because everybody's home at a decent hour. So no one's hung over the next day. You managed to get a good rest. Everybody's chilling. And it was just one of those weekends where you're like, damn, I never want to grow up. I like yeah. don't want to like settle down. Like we were saying like, we are, we have 25 best, you know, 25 plus best friends that all live within four miles of each other. People live literally on the sand. People live on the back bay. People, we can ride our bikes to each other. It is a phase of life that I will be so sad when it ends. Yeah. And it was and it just will one day, but and it will one day, but I, not until today. then we're going to ride it to the wheels fall off. Yeah. We're going to get riding sure. that bike no matter how old that bike is. Um, <laughs> so anyways, well, again, we are so excited for the episode today. It's going to be a great episode, but before we begin a word from our partner, just kidding. We don't have partners yet. Yeah. So if you guys want to sponsor us, just, uh, you know, drop us a DM. <laughs> All right. So we are here today and we have back in the studio once again, Brooke Hillary here to, um, you know, co-host with with us bitch asses. What's up, bridesmaids? <laughs> I've missed y'all. We are so excited to have Brooke because, okay, so Brooke is not only in our church group, um, it, but she's also a historian. So she knows everything. I didn't know she was going there. She knows everything about 
the Bible, everything she about She knows everything <laughs> about the Bible. She does. Laura, I have just watched a lot of the Prince of Egypt in my day, okay? <laughs> no, she just And Veggie Tales. Brooke, did we not Friday night, did we oh, not we spend did. several hours talking about US history? We did. I think I Oh, she knows her, so much history. I taught her I think the most favorite thing she's ever heard in her entire life. I said in fourteen ninety two, Columbus sailed <laughs> the, the ocean blue. No, that was not the most exciting oh. thing you told me. The Most Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. New York City. Oh, which one? Wait. New no, York. about California, how everybody wanted to oh. move here because of <laughs> being tan, right? <laughs> Wait, what? No, I was, I, so it was just funny. You're having a conversation about my review on the Royals, and then she was like, you need to do Hot Girl History and talk oh, all yeah. about Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I told her she should make her TikTok which name. Which the Hot username Girl. is open, so I think I might have to. Oh, we have to snag that right now. Yeah, because she just knows. She, okay, and, and, in all seriousness, she really is in our Bible study group. She really, I mean, she doesn't know the whole Bible, but she really does know a lot more than I do. Yeah. Knows a ton about us history. And if you guys know anything about me, I just like, I'm so impatient. Don't want to read. Don't want to watch. I just want to like hear the Cliff Notes version and hot girl history. Hot girl history <laughs> would be the be best my, idea. Be Jenner. Not can be my Kim. Not to mention she's a huge period movie buff. She loves anything to do with like the that period of time. Coming to age. Um coming <laughs> of age <laughs> Ram and Brooke both but, love coming to age films. Anyway, so we, you know, all of us were chilling, as we mentioned, eating our Benny Hanas on Saturday, watching the Princess Diaries. And it sparked a very controversial. I mean, we probably talked shit about it for like 20 minutes and we're like, we have to do a podcast on this. Because what's the bitch's name? Lily? Lily Moss. But we honestly, the last three days we've been talking about how much we all we're like, we're just still mad about it. Yeah. So basically what we were watching Princess Diaries and we've shared with you guys before the idea of like toxic friendships and all of that has come up many times of people of listeners wanting to talk, wanting us to talk about it. Give our two cents. We're two wise 33 year old women. We've obviously you know, had a lot of friends in our life, but we never really got the inspiration, I guess. And then we we're watching Princess Diaries and this bitch, Lily, her best friend, literally becoming a princess is not even happy for her. And that was the last straw. Well, the thing that's the annoying part is, is, you know, Anne Hathaway, <clears throat> obviously she gets the princess makeover, right? So she was a little frazzled looking prior. She gets her full blown princess makeover. And before her very best friend even knows that she's a princess, just stops, starts ripping her apart. Like the most terrible things, Brooke, and we have Brooke here because she knows all the words of the show I'm too. I'm literally reciting it in my head So right now. say exactly what she's, uh, say a few of the things that she says to her best friend. Well, I think first off, this girl from the get-go, I mean, I, I said you guys the she's scene. She's negative. The first, like, yeah. The first, like, again, talking about period pieces that I love, Princess Diaries is a total comfort film for me. So I've just watched it so many times just because you know it's going to happen. It's a great story, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a great movie. And so, like, within the first, like, 20 minutes of the film, Anne Hathaway is talking about, you know, how she doesn't have a dad any longer. And Lily replies, hey, it's been two months. Are you not over that yet? <laughs> oh, yeah, because her dad passed away. Um, Are you where? not over that yet? <laughs> I mean, she does hook. She is nice to um, Anne Hathaway when it's, Voltaire hair. <laughs> I personally want to talk about Voltaire. Well, and then the part that was such BS was when, uh, you know, we see that beautiful shot of Anne Hathaway in the limo. She looks divine. The brother's like stunned with her beauty. And Lily goes, you look hideous. You should sue. And then you should sue. And then the bitch goes, uh, 
this bag. You have one of these bags? This could feed a whole third world country. And I'm like, at what age of a 16-year-old in high school are you thinking, a Louis Vuitton? We could hawk this baby and go feed a third world country. Yeah. And, and when I was 16, all I was thinking about was trying to find lunch money to go to Corky's after school. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it, like, it she literally sucks. struck us so hard. Oh. And... It wasn't until, you know, she's saying all these terrible things to her in this limo. They get out of the limo and then Anne Hathaway finally whispers in her ear that I'm a princess. And here's a Lily motherfucking want to ride on her coattails ass is like, oh, my God, want to be on my radio show? <laughs> you see you next Tuesday. I would have told you, Lily. Lily Moskowitz, why don't you shut up and listen? You're a bad friend. Like, do you want to be on my radio show? And Mark goes, well, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, what I found from the Princess Diaries with Lily is that Lily is a classic toxic bitch friend. And unfortunately, if you're a millennial like ourselves, Princess Diaries, what? It probably came out when we were maybe, I mean, I was probably in eighth or seventh grade. I feel like it was like between the year 2000, 2002. Yeah. Okay. So I was probably like in junior high. Brooke, you're a couple years younger. No, so that sounds right. I think I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. But so our, our realization with this is it's like, we're kids watching this movie. So if this is like kind of your first peep into adulthood, you know, the princess diaries, the hot guy, the mean girl, whatever the mean girl in the movie was Mandy Moore. No, Mandy Moore was one of the mean girls. Lily was also a mean girl, but as kids, we're taught that that type of toxic friend is like the BFF in the story. Yeah, and that you could just forgive them immediately once they find out something good about you. And it was, it's just, it was heartbreaking. And but then we started just going through like a list of movies that start to remind us of this shit. Like we've literally been taught to, from such a young age that these these relationships, these friendships are like, okay. And if, if there's some like coming to God moment at some part in the movie that it's okay to accept that their behavior was that way and that they like let you down that much. Um, what other ones were we, um, thinking about? Well, obviously there's the great Carrie Bradshaw from sex in the city. Oh, of course. Um, it's funny because I will say that I am a sex in the city stan. I have watched that show a million times. I don't know who I am. Unfortunately, I kind of think I'm Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, mean, the designer love I will give you. No, sure. I will tell you why like, I feel like I'm Carrie is because I'm like a very independent person, but I'm not as smart as Miranda. But I feel like Carrie, when Aiden gets her the computer and she like freaks out because she just wants like to do it for herself. Like that's how I view myself. Like I do. I pay for everything myself. I do everything myself. I get anxiety if somebody helps me because I like I, do, I almost don't want to let a man in because I don't want to ever be dependent on anybody else Absolutely. but myself. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's Carrie. Now on the, sorry, what? Unless you're going to try and have one of your best friends sell her beautiful Tiffany solitaire ring to pay for your <laughs> apartment. Okay. That's my point. I wouldn't say that I'm the <laughs> same type of friend as I think that my friend character is more like Miranda because Miranda like shows up mm -hmm. for her friends, no matter what stage of life they're in. I mean, when Miranda has, you know, her, when she's going through things, the girls show up for her, but I just feel like Carrie, like so many different times, like she's just like bringing in the toxic relationship she's in just and there and when she wants to be, when it's convenient, yeah, when it's convenient. And she's like cheating on her boyfriend and then getting her friends involved in it. Yeah. It was, it's all, <laughs> it's all of us. 
I've always been told I was like a Charlotte, but I just don't think so. How are you? You 100% are. Am I? I can get that. Okay. Like well, a hopeless romantic, like 100%. Oh my God, love. that's true. But I, Charlotte. I was like, but I'm not becoming Jewish for a She married Trey three months after knowing him. <laughs> that is, you are Charlotte. You are Charlotte. Like, how are you not? Carrie tries on wedding dresses, gets hives. Nice. Me. Yeah. Oh my Charlotte, God. Charlotte, literally try them on for fun oh in the street and falls in love Charlotte. immediately. You are 100% Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm Charlotte. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, and all the quizzes I would be, be so lucky to end up with a beautiful Jewish lawyer. That's my dream. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, what Harry, about you? I mean, that's a that's a um, topic for another day because that just shows that. That's my favorite. Hair, yeah. Okay. And our sweet. Um, I, I mean, I know he cheats, but Steve. Oh, Steve. Why? <laughs> My stepdad's name is Steve. Brooke's dad's name is Steve. My dad's name. Mallory's dad's yeah, name is Steve. Like, like that's a lot of. 60s and you're a man, like, your name is Steve or it's John. Or Michael. Or, My dad's name is Michael. Or David. Michael or David. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Brooke, okay. Brooke, who are you who in the are you? City? I feel like I'm a very solid blend of, gosh. I feel like you're kind of a Miranda. I would say I feel like I'm a Miranda with a little bit of Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. I think we all got a little bit of Sam. So Samantha Jones, talk about another good red out friend or die. Samantha Jones is a great friend. Oh, Samantha die is the freaking the like, number one. One of my favorite scenes of Sex in the City is when Carrie has like that human moment and she's telling Samantha that she's, she's back she, with Ben. Oh, yeah. She's with Adam, with Adam, gosh, Aiden. And Samantha just goes like, I don't judge. It's not my Wigs style. at her. She's oh, the yeah. most non-judgmental no, she goes, friend. She goes, honey, not my style. And then winks. So good. But talk about, speaking of toxic relationships, like the fact that Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker couldn't get their shit together. They can't even act on screen anymore. Oh, yeah. But throughout the entire series, they were like, they, I mean, look at their like chemistry on scene as Samantha. And Who Harry. would have thought? I know. It's crazy. But uh, yes, Carrie Bradshaw. Horrible friend. The re- the just side note, the reboot will be trash. One hundred percent, we will Did watch. You hear, not to sidebar, but Big wants to be killed off. The actor. Big. No, I know yeah, he does. He wants. Yeah, to be, everybody wants to be killed off at this point. And he also said that he thought the movies were Looney Tunes. Like he was embarrassed by them. Not one. Not <laughs> no, I did movie one. one, but yeah, movie two is ridiculous. But anyways, okay, let's okay. get back on track. Okay, so. Again, Sex in the City. Now we're growing up, so we have the Princess Diaries, and obviously there are other things in life that we did, we purposely didn't want to make like this extensive list of other examples because we wanted to really get into like toxic relationships and how we deal with it. But we're just giving you an example that okay, we're young, we're talking, we're doing Princess Diaries. Then we turn what eighteen, we start watching Sex in the City. That's a shit show. We grew up with friends too. We grew up with friends, Rachel. Rachel, terrible friend. To Monica, the worst friend ever. Like, hooking up with her brother on and off the entire time, being her roommate, lying to her, hiding things. Well, and it's like the the whole series starts with her just, like, never talking to Monica since high school and then just barging into her fucking apartment, wearing a wedding dress, expecting to live there, being a pig. And Monica's, like, type A personality, so clean. Like, you've overstayed your welcome, bitch, and you're just going to come in and into my life and just be, like, a fucking train wreck? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, oh. ma'am. Um, yeah. But then, and, and we got a little ahead of ourselves because let's not forget that while we were in high school, the iconic Mean Girls came out. Yes. And that's another, I, I will say that that was toxic girl, but our girl drama, like the toxicity of that. But I will say that what I liked about our sweet Caddy Herring is that is it Caddy or Katie? It's Katie. Katie. But Katie. they call her Katie. Katie. Is that 
she does own up at the end that she messed up. And that's the biggest thing about toxic friendships is when they don't want to own up. Mm -hmm. 100%. That is very true. She does. She she sucks the venom out of her snake bite, as she puts it in the film. Yes. Um, There it goes again with knowing all the words. (laughs) And then, of course, let's not forget probably the most iconic duo of friendship of toxic friends and that is our sweet serena and blair 100 percent, like the most toxic i recently just tried rewatching gossip girl and it's just painful because you never know when they're going to be friends when they're at odds and it's just like it's it's worse than chuck and blair's relationship oh it's worse yeah because at least like chuck and blair you know chuck was a complete sorry fuck boy like like the the poster child for like fuck boy toxic relationships like he was so bad to blair serena Yes, she wasn't the best friend, but neither was Blair. And, like, they only had each other to fall back on, and they never were there. We need each other mm-hmm. to fall. And then, God, what they did to Jenny Hunter. Yeah. And not to mention that the, that Serena's hooking up with – um, what's his face? What's his name? Oh, my God. Blair's boyfriend. But what's his name? Nate Archibald. Nate Archibald. about that. She's hooking up with him, and then she's – Serena's constantly running off. She's doing all these things. Yeah, but but we – if you guys see things these days, like memes and stuff, it's all about this, like – this like beautiful friendship, how they loved each other through all of it. And like, yeah, of course at the end, it's like a sweet ending, but at the end of the day, it was like such toxic friendships that if that was real life, they would be in mental institutions. Yeah. And then it's, you know, looking back now, if you're, if you were friends with someone at like that age, like impressionable high school years or whatever, and you stuck with that type of friend your entire life, you know, well into even your thirties, we all, we all identify with that type of friendship at some point in our lives. And it makes it the harder to, it makes it harder to get to like end that friendship because you're constantly going back and being like, we have all of these years, but you don't identify that like some of those pivotal years of your friendship were so toxic, but you were so young to even understand like what a toxic friendship was at that time. Mm hmm. Yep. So, um, you know, I think we definitely we want to dig into kind of how to identify um, toxic friendships and and those types of things. Um, So, yeah, let's start. What do you guys think? For me, off the bat, when you I feel like the first indicator is when you just genuinely feel like I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to hang out with this person. Mm. I already can feel like the life being drained for me, like off the bat you already just have like this like guttural feeling of like, this isn't where I should be right now. But Mm -hmm. because of like you said, your long relationships, longevity relationships, you somehow correlate that to me that they're loyal friends, that they're good friends. And that doesn't mean anything. Like once you reach a certain age in life, you're like, if you've been my friend for two years or 20 years, it it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. anymore because I've built a relationship with you that doesn't involve Mm -hmm. longevity. And when you're like in high school, I feel like that's like, like a poster child thing of like, Best, best friend since, you know, birth, you know, yeah. like I've had, I have a friend in my life who I've known for my entire life, at least since I was in diapers and I don't talk to her very often. She's a good friend of mine, but like, we're not best friends. Like we used to be and it's fine, but relationships run their course. But like, when you start to feel that your, your energy is being absorbed by someone who isn't worthy, that to me is like your first indicator of this is not a good friendship for you. Maybe not toxic, but maybe not the best friendship or way for you to spend your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that also goes like hand in hand with like, if they, if they make you feel heavier and not lighter after, after hanging out with them, because maybe Mm -hmm. they're just like dumping on all these things. And I read something that said, um, like toxic friendships, it's, there's bad days versus bad vibes. 
So like a good friend can have a bad day and and might snap at you because they've had a bad day, but they'll likely apologize once they've like cooled down and settled down and realized like, okay, sorry, I was having a bad day and I kind of snapped at you. The bad vibes and the toxic friend on the other hand would be someone that keeps following that same pattern and then never really apologizes. Um, and they don't show really like regret or inclination. It's more so like, well, I'm sorry you felt that way mm-hmm. or getting defensive. And it's like, well, I had a bad day. Mm-hmm. That's why I was mad, mm-hmm. you know, like justifying that because, mm-hmm. you know, again, kind of like a gaslighting type of type mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I always think that like toxic, toxic, Toxicity? 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 Gosh. Um, I always recognize it, whether it's in my life or a friend that I'm talking to and they're sharing something that they're going through. I always think that it like boils so heavily down to that, the person, the friend's expectation. So that friend expects so much of you, but so they're expecting you to like do all of these things but then that expectation can't be returned. So they're expecting you to show up. They're expecting you to, you know, to go to all these things. They're expecting you to dress, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to your needs, it's almost like, I can't believe you're asking that much of me. Like that's a lot to ask for. And again, that kind of does go hand in hand with gaslighting, but you know, friends like that, that are kind of making you like feel instant, um, insecure about a situation and they're not validating that that's mm-hmm. like such a red flag. Absolutely. Or when like two, like you were saying, like, like three, the, um, the energy isn't returned or like they're not, you know, contributing as much to the relationship as you are. That also is like when you go into conversations and it's always about them and mm-hmm. there's never a time to talk about your problems because their problems are always bigger and you're just sitting there just absorbing that energy and taking it on and you just leave feeling completely like lifeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to those conversations. Pay attention when you're on the phone and how often that person stops to ask you to, well, A, to even let you interject, but B, to ask you how you're doing. I've had conversations with friends, toxic friends in the past where I would, it got to a point where I started timing how long it would take before I even got a single word in, in our conversation. And sometimes the conversation would go from start to the absolute end. Okay, well, bye. I'll talk to you later. And I never said a word. I was just like, did they, like what? And then I would just left like, oh my gosh, now I'm taking on all these other issues and what have you. So just recognize those things, you know, about, and if those things are happening often, you know, like I said, the one-off things, the bad days, the stressful days, like we all have those. Absolutely. We are all people that are going, mm-hmm. that's why you have friends, right? And to talk about these things are important. Um, but if it was something that's just a reoccurring thing where you're constantly after just feeling drained and you mm-hmm. didn't even say anything, those are things to look out for. Or yeah. You start to like avoid their phone calls for that reason, mm-hmm. avoid their text messages, avoid seeing them other than mm-hmm. in group settings. So that way you have barriers. That's another indicator mm-hmm. when I would notice of like, this isn't a very good friendship for me because I don't like to be one-on-one with them any longer. Yeah. And I think also there's mean, there's like genuine mean girls. Yep. And then there's like the, which I'm not saying that this is good, but then there's the, um, I would say the conversations where it's like, um, you know, like I might call Mallory and I might be like, Oh, you know, like I'm just so annoyed with X. 
Mallory's my best friend. I might call Carissa. Carissa is my best friend. And I might say, you know, this is really bothering me. And I want to like talk through it with you. So there's those types of situations. Mm -hmm. And then there's the group chats. And then there's the, there's the, the toxic friendships and the group chats where they're like tearing apart people in those, in those group chats, or, you know, you overhear them talking about somebody, or you even overhear them talking about one of their best friends. And you're like, okay, if you're feeling so comfortable to rip these people apart, and this is like your best friend, friend, then I'm a little worried. And I'm like finding this talk, this behavior extremely toxic, because when I look at like, and I'm, I'm not saying that like, I am innocent in this. I have gone through phases of life where I probably, oh, absolutely. We all have the nice, but I do believe people grow out of that. And I think it's a red flag when people don't, when people are turning 30 years old and they're still saying awful, awful things behind people's back. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they almost don't take responsibility or self-aware. That's a huge red flag. It's a big red flag too. It's like, why are you wasting your time talking about this person? Like if it's like, why do you care? And just like chalk it up to like, you're just not vibing them that day. You don't need to like make a session out of like ripping them to shreds. Like, I feel like there's just a point in life where you're like, I don't need to spend my time shitting all over a person anymore. It doesn't bring me any value. It doesn't bring you any value. Like, let's just talk about something else. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if it's like, if you were with that person that day and then that person leaves and then that person becomes a topic, talk topic of conversation or the gossiping starts. Um, or, you know, if you're, if one of the people aren't there and then, yeah, that you're like, you're worried, you're constantly stressed or worried if like, you're going to be the topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. You do not want to sound, surround yourself with friends that are, that are like that. There's they something should worse only, than leaving. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, they should just only like uplift you. And mm-hmm. you know, even yeah. if you're going through a hard time in life, I mean, there's been times where I've made bad decisions or maybe I didn't see things so clearly. And maybe my friends were like frustrated, you know, if I, if I didn't know if I wasn't taking the right path or what have you. Like if you haven't brought that up to the actual person, your concerns and these things out of love, and you're just talking about it behind your back, you're not helping your friend. You're not, you're not helping them move forward or realize what may be going on or bringing something to their attention. So you're not trying to help them. You're just hurting them. That's another little tidbit. I, um, when it, when it comes to toxic traits in friendships, when we were talking about this episode, we start before we started recording, we wanted to show that like, sometimes there's the big red flag. I feel like it's Andy Cohen. If anytime we say red flag, you have to drink, uh-huh. <laughs> but there's the big obvious ones, right? So there's the gossiping behind your back. There's not, you know, not reciprocating in the friendship. There's the not draining, having not having you. loyalty. There's all of that. But then there's the smaller things because with toxic friendship, it's really like all on a scale. There's the really big, obvious ones. And then there's the small ones. You know, is this person um, applying for a job? And is that person not excited for that that potential individual. individual and that change? Is a friend, you know, I I recently had something happen where like, I don't believe that she is a toxic friend, but she was showing, she's been showing a lot of toxic behavior. And and recently, a few weeks ago, I was in a situation where I felt like somebody was like purposely trying to leave me out. It was so obvious that another very good friend of mine was like, wrote, called me and said like, Hey, are you okay? Like I'm even noticing this to me, that is toxic behavior. Now I'm not saying that, that a mean girl behavior like that is the same as like the big, you know, the friend that gets blacked out drunk that like tries to, 
you know, fight you. fight you or do something like that. Like, yeah, those are totally different skills. But with toxic friendship, it's so important to identify it because if that, if that friend is constantly, maybe they're not trying to throw a fist at you, but if they're showing so many different examples of being like those like small little jabs of like those toxic friendships, that is a friendship that needs to be reevaluated just because they're not doing, you know, they didn't hook up with your boyfriend or something like they're not doing those large scale things. Not not showing the, the urgency to want to like change behavior is a red flag. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or not being a good friend to you at like the, the bare minimum. If like during that time that they're like doing like these, like these like little scale things, if like you're noticing like you're being put on the back burner because of something else or because they're putting relationships for you, but you consider this person a good friend of yours, that's a, that's a big red flag too, but it's like smaller because it happens kind of over time. You start to know it's a particular like behavioral trait where you're like, for this person, I'll do X, Y, and Z, but when I want, when I want them to show up for me in this way, they just don't. They don't. Yeah. And it could be very small things, but they, they definitely stack up to be on the larger scale and have more weight. Like you were saying. Definitely. Okay. So we went into, you know, how to kind of spot a toxic friend and some of those traits that they have, but the most important overarching thing that we want to bring to light too is how these how these friendships affect you personally how they affect your mental health and those are more so the subtle things that you don't recognize until like you really look inward and really start to evaluate a friendship because it's easy to spot a a mean girl but some of these behaviors could be so subtle that you've just dealt with your whole life because you've been friends and it's just what you've seen and you don't realize what type of toll it takes, you know, on, on yourself and your mental health. So one of the things is that you feel like lonely or isolated. Like if they make you feel like when you're in their presence, if you're not feeling fulfilled, um, lonely, isolated, or that like you need them nearby because some of these friendships, I'm sure you guys can agree. They make you feel like you need them in your life. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, it makes, I think another indicator is when you start to feel like you're less than, you know, you like are, you're questioning your self-worth in totality with your, you know, with this friendship as a currency of mm -hmm. like, you, you, you feel like you give so much to somebody in a relationship and like in not just romantically, but in friendships. And then you are walking away from it being like, am I a good friend? Mm -hmm. Do I contribute to this really? Like, is, is this contributing to my, like, you know, you just reevaluate everything. 100%. And you, yeah. and you start to feel this like, this like awakening of like, this isn't right anymore. Yeah. And at the bare minimum, a friendship is about connection. Yep. You know, it's about connecting and having that circle with one another. If you're feeling lonely and in a friendship that literally means to be connected to one another, that's, that's a red flag right there. That's literally showing that, you know, it's having an effect on how you feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think too, just when you're with those relationships, like, I mean, like you were saying, like, you just don't, you don't feel right. Like you feel anxious. You just feel uncomfortable. You like get nervous, like seeing them because you just sometimes don't know who you're going to get in the relationships. I feel like, well, unfortunately with a lot of these bad friendships, there are so many moments of sometimes really good relationship parts of that friendship, like where you really do get down mm -hmm. to the nitty gritty and you really do build like a true camaraderie with that person and you start to develop that intimacy with them. So you lean back on that, like, oh, well, they were there for me during this or mm -hmm. I was there for them during this. So there is a good part of them, but there's just this also this really bad part. Like, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. And like, it, it's you should feel you should feel supported. 
You yes. should have a reciprocated feeling of being supported. Like you could be there for them and they could be there for you in a time of need. And sometimes support doesn't mean having all the answers. Yep. Sometimes support just means being an ear to listen to for someone to confide in or work through an issue. Jade and I were talking about this yesterday and, um, you know, she had her therapy appointment and um, I had therapy like a few days prior and we were talking about how, um, how we start to, you know, we overanalyze and start to stress out about things like depending on how we, how we feel. And, um, you know, it's important to find friends that when you are going through certain things, like find the right friends that are going to either a give you the right type of advice or just listen, because sometimes you just need to like, if you, if, if you're able to call a friend and say, Hey, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like bugging about this thing. I just need to talk it through. Like, I, you know, I don't necessarily even need an answer, but like, just tell me if I'm, if I'm on the right track here. And like, that's a good friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, yeah, they can offer great sound advice. Like, yeah, I do think, or, you know, validate your feelings and say like, yeah, you know, there's a reason why you're probably stressed, but don't worry. I'm sure it will pass or, mm -hmm. or, or however it may be. Um, showing listening and showing empathy is the sign of, of being a good friend mm -hmm. and also not having to worry about if I'm going to have this human and vulnerable moment with this person I don't have to worry about them going around and talking shit behind my back to somebody else in my friend group yeah or like oh she called me about this again yeah or yeah. like you know I always think that when um when we were thinking about doing this episode and I was like doing a lot of self-reflection I feel like the like what Mal said, the most important part of wanting to identify toxic behavior is because once you can identify it, you can see how you yourself are yeah. reacting to things, Absolutely. how you're dealing with things. So sometimes you'd, you'd be amazed that if you recognize toxic behavior and you remove that person from your life, how much you will change. And I'll give you an example. If somebody fights where they fight dirty, meaning that they get mad at you, so they want to literally go for the jugular the second that they're your angry. Biggest insecurity. And, and they will they will find your biggest insecurity and they will say it right away. I have had people say the worst things to me that I don't even want to like say out loud because it is like the worst thing, worst things imaginable that you can hear. And in turn, I feel like me, like I've never been somebody that like fights like that, but this person brings out that toxic trait in me yeah. where I want to fight like that. And like, I was just in, even in some, in a situation recently where I reacted that way, where I want, I was so angry that I, I spoke that way. And like, I was a hysterical mess because like, I've seen that toxic behavior. I don't want to be that person, but I feel like once you're around that toxic behavior, it kind of normalizes it. Mm -hmm. And that is like dirty fighting. Like nobody wants to fight like that. Yeah. And we're, again, we're like, we're way too old to be fighting that, that type of way We're we're way too self-aware to be, you know, hurt, like knowing that you're, what you're saying is physically hurting someone else because you're bringing out their biggest insecurity. And we're all guilty of doing it. I think we've all gotten to it to a point, you know, at some time in our life. And then when you're reevaluating what that friendship is, exactly, that friendship brought that out of me. And whatever, you know, and my friendship with that person brought that out of them. So, you know, it's a two-way street in terms of the toxicity um, in a friendship. I know that I was, you know, I had a very long 
friendship um, with someone. And it was kind of like this cycle where we would get in these arguments or I just kept forgiving these like certain behaviors because I was so a, I, I would, I was like, well, we've been friends for 17 years. Like there's, you know, maybe this will change. Maybe something will change. And I just like never really put my foot down to where it became almost like a codependent friendship where it's like, it, it became this like back and forth where it was like, okay, I was always going to forgive this behavior and then something else would happen. And, you know, until like a final straw, when we had finally hit like the, the biggest breaking point where I was like, absolutely not. I cannot let, I cannot let this friendship go on anymore. The best thing I could have done was stay completely silent mm -hmm. because in those moments when you're yelling and screaming and it's a toxic thing and one person is going for the jugular and then you're going back, you'll always think like, well, I also said something bad to them. Mm -hmm. I also did that back. And when you're, when, when this type of relationship is, is common and you've dealt with that type of behavior for so long, it's easy to tell yourself, well, I said mean things to her back. So we're even. Mm -hmm. And, but if you stay completely silent and you're like, absolutely not, I'm standing my ground. I'm being silent. I, th but that happen, like you will feel so much better when that, when you do decide to end that friendship, because you're like, I did everything that I could. I didn't lash out. And like, this just can't be a friendship anymore. Yeah. That's, it, it is honestly so true. I think also when it comes to toxic friendships and how it could potentially impact yourself and your self-worth, Brooke, you said it earlier, is this person making you feel less than? Like, I think that toxic friends have such a significant impact on our mental health and we don't even realize it. And by that, I mean, is your friend, are you constantly kind of wondering like, oh, am I like going to set them off? Like you're, you're worried. Are you going to say something, you know, like, am I going to say something on my podcast? Am I going to say something on whatever that's going to offend them? Like, is it, is it at the point where like that person is toxic to the point where they can't call you and have an adult conversation? That is a red flag. Mm -hmm. That is. And, and then the type, the comments have to be kind of like alluding to something and now you're trying to guess like, oh, is something that the matter, you know, now you're feeling like, oh my gosh, am I, am I not a good friend? Am I not being understanding? Am I not being empathetic? Like I go to therapy. I spend a shit ton of money on therapy. I am empathetic, you know, like yeah, I am right. like, just because maybe you're not working on that, but like I am doing the work and it's taken 33 years for me to be self-aware enough to know that like, maybe it's not me, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. And then also when it comes to like friendships and balancing and stuff, Friends are going to, we are in our thirties. Brooke will be 30 this fall. Like we are naturally in different stages of friends, you know, in your twenties, we've said this before in, in episodes and I'll put this in the show notes of, of different episodes where it's like, you know, you're kind of always in the same phase of life. And then eventually like, it is sad, like just naturally things will grow apart. But is this person making you feel bad because your life isn't in the place that their life is at? Mm -hmm. So to that, I mean, if you are single without kids, is that person saying, making comments about you not wanting to grow up? Is that person making comments about you not, you know, having the desire to start a family yet? You know, are they comp, are they, are they, 
speaking poorly about those things, but then not congratulating you on your success. Maybe you yeah. got a promotion. Maybe you bought a home. Maybe you got, you know, a brand new job or a dog or, you know, maybe, you know, there's, there's so many things to celebrate. Is that person recognizing that or are they recognizing the other things? Yes. The perfect example is I have a very good friend, Ashley. She listens to that, this podcast and like, she just got married. Our lives are so opposite. We don't even live in the same area anymore, but we catch up and like not a second has passed because yeah. there's no judgment there. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. And, and the supporting each other's successes is one of the biggest things to identify. If they're not happy for you or when you do something great in your life and they only have something negative to say, I'm sorry, but like there's been situations in our life that we've that we've seen like firsthand where, you know, Marissa has accomplished something or like, you know, when Marissa moved out into her first apartment or was buying a house and like there's a particular friend who was just like shitting on it all. And you're just like, why would you not like. Why would you not be happy, especially when you see all the things that go into like purchasing a new home or moving out on your own or beating cancer or surviving, whatever, like all of our lives have struggles. And if you don't have a friend that is just uplifting you, not asking you how you're paying for these things or where your finances are coming from, like all, all of these things, you know, like that's no, a, it's nobody's business to, to ask those types of questions. And they should only be supporting you and saying, like, we're so proud of you. You know, can't wait to, like, see you through this new chapter of life. Um, even if, you know, because a lot of it stems from jealousy, I feel. I it's like the jealous that. friend. It's always it's always rooted in some sort of jealousy. And it's always something to do with them. And that's, I think, the hardest part throughout those friendships is so often you're stuck thinking like, well, what did I do? What did I say? How can I make them better? How can I make this relationship better? Because I love them and I want to support them. Yeah. And then one day you figure it out. Oh, it's not my shit. It's their shit. And they have some deep rooted jealousy and insecurities that they need to work through. And I just have to take a step back because you just, you, your, your bank is empty. You don't have the emotional or mental capacity or even spiritual capacity to even like have this friendship anymore in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This, this person is constantly taking withdrawals out of that bank and not, you know, and not depositing, depositing anything cents, back. Not dollars, not stacks. <laughs> They're like, literally like you, they withdraw a grand, they deposit a nickel. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you you're, know. you're in, you are depleted and you are negative in that account and Chase Bank is going to give you all those fees. We all know. Um, but you brought up a good thing too. Um, it's, Especially, you know, it's a lot of it as well. I don't think that these people are these toxic people are like intentionally trying to hurt you. Maybe there are. There are people out there that, yes, they are trying to just be these mean people. Yeah, I say in certain but circumstances. There are certain circumstances where like this is all this person knows because maybe that's how they were raised. Like maybe they were raised in a household where their mother was constantly telling them they're not good enough or not congratulating their successes or not letting them have a voice where they just didn't feel good enough. Maybe they grew up in a house where people fought all the time and like that's how they showed each other love. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things else to consider too. Um you know, and like we say, like, it's always worth having a conversation. Don't just think that one thing happens and you just write someone off in the world. Like, 
talk to that person, do evaluate what their home life is and bring it to their attention. And at the end of the day, if that person's not going to be receptive when you want the greater good for this friendship, then then that's telling right there. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, when we wanted to do this episode, I think that's like what we really wanted to convey is that, you know, identifying the toxic behavior in a friend, identify how it's affecting you, but also understand that their toxic traits could bring out toxic behavior, obviously in you. And also your, the way that you react to things could result in a poor reaction. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, what about how, when you have toxic, when you're in a toxic friendship, how some of your other relationships suffer or like mm. your other friendships suffer. I know my mom has seen me in certain friendships before and like my family, like it, it, it bridged issues with my family. Cause they were, I, they were seeing things that I wasn't seeing mm -hmm. and I wasn't being like receptive to being like, you know, identifying those in this friendship, even though I know deep down it was, or like you're giving so much to this person that you're not able to give it all to your other friends. You know, mm -hmm. you can't be there. You can't be emotional support for the people in your life that are actually giving it to you as well. Um, and you know, you're, you're just like depleted of that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like when you're even sometimes in relationship with someone, you have a boyfriend, there are friends out there who are just not happy that you have a boyfriend now. Mm -hmm. They are just not cool with it. They make every effort to let you know that now they feel like, they've been stolen, you know, mm -hmm. or like they're mm -hmm. taking time from you. Like, you know, I think everyone knows at this age, once you're in a relationship, at least the first like two or three months, you're going to be a little more off the island. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be developing that relationship a little bit longer. And then, you know, eventually I feel like around like the four or six month mark, you guys are coming around, you mm -hmm. know, et cetera. But I think that's an indicator of you now are in a relationship. If you have a friend like at this table right now, if I were to get a relationship right now, I know for a fact I could not talk to either one of you or see one of you for two months. Would you be not the happiest with it? Sure. You'd be up to the table and tell me. And I, you know, but you also have it in you to acknowledge like, but we get it. Yeah. Versus like going behind my back and being like, well, Brooke, all she cares about is her boyfriend, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. And then once that, relationship has developed and you start integrating your friends. And then unfortunately what happens in my experience is I had a very good friend in high school. Um, she was one of my closest friends of all time, ride or die. I still love this girl with all my heart, but I was with my, my now ex-boyfriend obviously. And we were with a group of friends and she just lost her mind on me. Um, you know, it was a behavioral trait that I was familiar with because I had been her friend for so long. So I just knew it's how she handles shit. Mm. And my ex-boyfriend literally like looked at me and looked at her and was like, this is ending right now. And told her like, you're not alone, no longer allow my girlfriend anymore. Like she's mine. She's my girlfriend. I love and respect her. You clearly don't, even though you think you do, like, I'm not okay with this friendship any longer. And then the next morning, literally the three of us sat down and he was like, this is my girl. I'm going to protect her and you are toxic and you need to leave. And mm -hmm. that was the end of that friendship. And it was really hard, but it, we both knew it. You know, we had been each other's lives for at that point, three to four years. And we both knew that she was just not a good friend to me. And I was just like the battered, you know, bird. Like that I wasn't just, going to make that decision unless was somebody was not, I wouldn't have left it, you know? And mm -hmm. that, I mean, luckily the person that I was dating had that maturity level to be like, Brooke, what are you not seeing that I'm seeing? I care for you. I respect you. She does not You need to walk away. Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes, you made like a, such a good point about relationships. I think that, you know, it is so true. If you're in a relationship with somebody and somebody is like 
not happy for you or making comments or like, you know, I, I was in a relationship not too long ago. And I felt like I had some friends that like constantly wanted to talk about what he wasn't doing well. Mm -hmm. And that was frustrating for me because I feel like I really make an honest effort to like see the good in the, in the people that my friends are dating. I am, I'm an honest friend where I will be very vocal if I think that something isn't right. But I'm also the type of friend that like tries to give people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and tries to be understanding. And if I, it hurts my feelings if somebody's like not reciprocating that. On the other hand, if it is a going back to like toxic traits, so if you have a friend who like is single and then she's in a relationship and she drops off the face of the earth and then they break up and now she's back and now Mm -hmm. she like wants to be all around. Like, I think that there is a happy balance and like, I'm not married, but I have friends that are married and that goes for marriage too. Like if you are, you know, if you get married and like you everything revolves around like you and your family and your kids and your husband. And you're expecting your friend to go to all the kid birthday parties. And you're expecting the friend to like go to the baby showers and, and the baby sprinkles and the things that come, you know, like there's a million celebrations, but if you have, you know, a birthday party, or if you have like one thing that's like important to you and that person thinks like, that's a big deal, that's a red flag because everybody's victories look the same. But I have been to, a million baby showers, wedding shower, you know, all of that. And like, maybe that phase of life isn't here for me yet, but like maybe my celebration is just my birthday party or maybe it, and it's just it as be. important. And it's just it's as just important, important. Yeah. but it's in, it's important to recognize those friends because, and we'll get into this, you know, when, when it comes to toxic friends, it's okay for friendships to run their course yes. and it's okay to, adjust the cells and potentially move in a different direction. Yeah. Without there needing to be a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need to have that big blow up moment. Sometimes it just will just fizzle out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could, but in, you know, and again, it's, it's when you do bring it up to their attention, you know, I feel like, especially if you're going to have this conversation with someone that you've identified, that's a toxic friend, that you need to practice how that's going to go in your head, right? Because it could go one of two ways. You can, yeah, of course, like mention it and and forgive them and give them a second chance. But how many times have you done something like this already and it hasn't worked? So if you're going into a situation and you're and you're going to be talking to this said friend, um, you need to just talk about like what these boundaries look like. You need to set like realistic boundaries for this friendship that are going to not only like protect yourself, but protect them. And if they're willing to commit to these types of boundaries, you're not allowed to talk to me like that. I don't care how angry we get. Like if you've let something build up to you so much to where you blow up at me, that that's an issue. Absolutely. That means that we're not addressing the basic fundamentals of what it means to be a friend. If, if you blew up on me because of that little reason, you know, like all of those boundaries thing and things need to be discussed and need to be brought to attention that like, it is not okay for this to happen under any circumstances. And, and before it gets to this, we need to remediate and see what else is going on, you know? And if they want to be, your friend, that is something that they will work on. And, you know, take, take responsibility for the things that you should take responsibility for too. You know, I'm sorry that I've let it go on this long, or I'm, I'm sorry. I know that I've done, if I've done things that are triggering to you 
or whatever. I wish that we had a friendship to where you could have told me that in the beginning where we could have worked to make this better. Mm -hmm. I think, um, an important part of that is, is when you do work up the courage, you know, to have that conversation, those conversations are hard. We are not, we are, we are making it sound much easier said than done. It takes a lot of courage to say that to somebody. But if you're the friend on the receiving end where you hear that criticism and, you know, Mallory and I were both in a circumstance late last year where we gave feedback to somebody and the response was, I can't believe you would do this over text. To me, that is like textbook toxic behavior because now you've essentially spun it. So I wanted to be honest with you. I wanted to vocalize my concerns and I do believe that things can be done through text message. If you want to thoughtfully write something out, Mm -hmm. sometimes if you want to do something over the phone call, I don't know about you guys, but like, I kind of get nervous and maybe I jump, I fumble words and it's just not good. And if I really want to like say something, I do think a text message is good. And then maybe it can move to a phone call. Of course. But you know, those initial thing, like, Hey, this upsets me because you could kind of think, but if that person spins it, that's not okay. If you bring it to their attention and they deny it or they don't want to talk or they don't want to talk about it, that's not okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about toxic traits. We've talked about how it could affect you. We've talked about a lot of stuff, but I think what everybody wants to hear is like, okay, well now what, you know, you have the toxic friend, what's the next step. And so what do you guys think? Um, if you identify these toxic traits and you see this friend or friends, what is that next step? Yeah. So now it's what? It's at the point where maybe you tried to set boundaries, you tried to bring it to their attention, but it's not working, right? So this is the point where we decide we're going to be getting, ending this friendship. Well, potentially. I think that what you have to first consider if they're, you know, not open to discussing it? Are they not seeing, they're not being very self-aware? Are they thinking that you're crazy? Are they gaslighting you? I think uh, like the, the, before you make the decision to either like cut ties or, you know, make a, um, an obvious just, you know, make an obvious decision to be distant. I think you know, take a, take a quick note of like, what are their current circumstances? Are they going through a breakup? Are they, are their parents getting divorced? Are, um, you know, did they lose their job? Like, are are they they suffering some type of trauma? Are is there trauma? Is someone near them sick? Like there is so much stuff. I know for me, like, um, I got cancer free in March and I would say like the hardest part of everything was all of 2019. Like you would think that like the easiest part was like, you know, the hard part was cancer. No, the hard part is afterwards. And I, I am so thankful for my friends that were like understanding of, of behaviors that I was, you know, displaying. And I was, I'm thankful that they like understood what I was going through. There were some friends that don't, that we no longer speak, which I completely respect that too. But I think understanding what they're going through now, All that to say is also recognize how did they act before the trauma? So if before the trauma, they were a narcissist or they only wanted to to say what's on their mind and didn't want to listen and they were showing this type of toxic behavior and then they had the, the said trauma or then the, you know, then they lost the job or then they went through a breakup and now they're acting like it. Yeah. Maybe this, this is, you know, this 
the behavior is just not going to change. Yeah, it becomes a it becomes just another like it becomes another excuse. It becomes mm-hmm. another, you know, and everyone goes through trauma and some really affect people worse than others. But if this behavior existed even prior to and then just got heightened afterwards, it's still there. You know, it's going to be there. There's going to be something that's going to bring out that behavior in this person, regardless if they, you know, continue to see, seek trauma or like, continue to have trauma and not seek any type of help. You know, mm-hmm. we're always yes. talking about therapy. Yes. I feel like all of us go to therapy so that maybe you guys don't have to. Well, <laughs> I was literally just going to say, you know, obviously, unfortunately, life is really difficult. And if we don't have our friends and our family to have our backs, that's, we have nothing. Like we have to foster those relationships. And so, you know, everyone's going to go through things. How you deal with your own shit though, is your responsibility. It is not mm-hmm. your friend's responsibility to carry. If you know, if you are making the, you know, uh, gosh, cognitive decision to not do the work and to not be good to your friends and to not be healthy in your life choices and to just damage people, no one's going to be around you in your circle. And that's on you. That's not on your friend to take care of you. So when you are being a bad friend, don't be surprised when no one wants to hear your shit. Mm -hmm. That's just going to be the repercussions of your actions. Like you have to be responsible for yourself. And had I not gone to therapy, I would have never known that. Cause when I first started going to my therapist, I was reevaluating all my relationships and I was reevaluating my friendships. And she was like the most profound thing. And she was like, that is their shit. You're taking it on. Stop. Like Mm -hmm. when they start throwing their shit on you, put a window up, Mm -hmm. not your shit. That's their shit. They need to deal with it. And it's like, you know, recognize that like, you know, especially that person, like, like shit, like you're hurt. You're sad. Like you're going through something like you're going through trauma. You experience so much pain and hurt that happened to you. That was you that it happened to. And you owe yourself to work through it, you know, because no one else is going to fix that feeling, that hurt or whatever inside of you, because the trauma happened to you, that terrible experience, it happened to you. It did not happen to these other people. And And they're never going to feel that, you know, and that even goes for people's parents. You know, you can't, you know, after the age of 18 or like, I'm not even 18, I'd say 25, you need to stop blaming your parents for your shit. Like, (laughs) oh, my mom, my dad went through a bad divorce. This is why I'm a bad friend. No, (laughs) you need to start working on yourself and on your shit. I mean, Mar and I had a wonderful conversation in our church group where you were talking about things that you go through. And I'm like, those are valid things. You should feel the things that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, unfortunately, people in our life do like, they like one up you on your situation of like, oh, well, you went to that. Well, I went through this. And so you should be better friend to me because I, my, you know, my chess piece outmarks your chess piece. Like, no, F yeah. that. that's not cool. Yeah. And Mal, I actually love what you said because I think when I reflect on like the trauma that I went through from being sick, I have vocalized this with many of my friends. I had a very hard time feeling like people didn't show up. I felt like I felt so alone and I couldn't figure out why I felt like I was at it alone, you know? And what I found is a lot of that was, was obviously pain that I was experiencing. So I was like trying to figure like just trying, I couldn't get justice where I wanted it. So I was getting justice where I could. Mm -hmm. And then I think, and then what I think 
uh, what I found afterwards is I was so upset, like being like, why didn't, why weren't you guys there? You know, like, or why this or why that? And then what I stopped and realized was like, and this was again through therapy is like, that happened to me. I felt those moments the darkest, the hardest, that those were the most difficult. And, and everybody else was doing the best that they could. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was handling it the best that they could. And so I think it, it takes time to realize that, but I think that in the moment you're so upset and you're so hurt and it's like, all of these things are happening, but it, just remember that that pain is happening to you. That's not happening to them. Mm -hmm. And again, like you mentioned before, those are, those are moments. Those are, those are situational. Those are not, you know, it's yes. At that point in time, you were going through that, but it's not a reoccurring thing. It's something you're probably always going to struggle with in some type of way, right? Cause we're all going to have this kind of hurt or what have you for what you've gone through, but you've learned to deal with it differently. And that is, you know, that's, that speaks volumes, especially like, you know, some of these friendships, um, you know, you could take some time apart from them and they may realize like, and come back and say, like, I was not, I had so much work to do that this, this did happen with a friendship of mine where, you know, we didn't talk for six months and I like literally never responded to a text, never reached out, nothing. Like I needed to just like have that space. And when it finally came time to, you know, have a conversation and that person admitted, you know, why they were feeling that way and apologized those things and like really tried to seek to grow. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I, and I, and, and, but it just, it doesn't mean that, if, if you like had evaluated that friendship the way that it was, and it was something that was so toxic to your soul, like it made you feel less than and not, not like a good person. It made you doubt your self-worth. It made you have all of these things where you decided I no longer can have this friendship in my life. And they come back and apologize. That's all wonderful. And you can like wish that person the best, but you still need to evaluate in that moment. Is this something I want to chance again? Mm -hmm. Is this something I want to open my heart? I can forgive and we can be bygones and I can wish this person the absolute best in my life. But am I willing to take the chance to, in lack of better words, like have a relapse or something and, and like you can open your heart up to being like maybe hurt in that way again? Or, you know, even be... Be become that person that you were. You're a different person than you were in that friendship prior. So maybe that friendship does not serve a, serve a purpose anymore. Yeah. Friendships, I feel like really do come in seasons. You know, you mm -hmm. do have friends. I mean, you look back on your life and there are friends that were really great friends to you and you know, you, they're still in your life, but not in the same capacity. It doesn't mean that you wish them any less well, but like you're going to filter through relationships and you're going to filter through your friendships in, you know, the seasons of your life and those who want to grow with you and develop with you. And I think that naturally just happens organically when you start doing the work and you start recognizing what you want out of your relationships and your friendships, especially because it is going to really be how you live your life. You know, I love all our moments that we spend together as friends because I always leave our friends being like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I cannot wait to do it again mm -hmm. there. But there are times when you're with friends and you're like, I, I cannot believe that I just spent three hours of my yeah. life and I'm yeah. exhausted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it comes to a point too, like if this friendship, you know, a lot of us stick around because we want to help this person. Mm -hmm. We want to help them. You know, we have bleeding hearts and 
we are only human and we want to help, especially this person. We care about them. They're a friend at some point in life. Like you guys were the best of friends, you know, whether you were seeing these signs or not, and you want to be able to help them. But at what point are you like helping them become like a mentor or you enabling them and enabling the behavior to continue? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, with that said, too, I know it, it is hard, you know, deciding that, you know, these friendships may not be something that you want anymore. Um, the mutual friends is, is another hard one, too. You know, a lot of people hang on to friendships because there there's a group of friends, you know, that are together. And like, if I'm not friends with this person anymore, what is, what is it going to do for the group? And I think collectively, every single person in that group, if they're friends with you or what have you, and you explain you know, you don't need to get into the nitty gritty. It needs, doesn't need to turn into like, well, he said, she said, like you join my team. Let's all like bash this person or like exclude this person from our lives. No, everybody's responsible and can make their own decisions about the relationships that they want to have with people in their lives. But you can explain to your group of friends, like I've decided that this friendship isn't fulfilling me anymore. You know, I've worked to try to make it work, but it's just, it's not serving me. And, and I've decided to take a step back from our friendship. You don't need to go into all this, you know, crazy stuff of how, how terrible this person is, yeah. you know, be the bigger person and just, and just, you know, explain and your friends will understand that because no one wants someone. And for the most part, they've probably recognized that you two probably have that type of toxic friendship and it, you know, and it may serve some good, but yeah, it, it does get lonely, right? There are things that maybe you won't attend because this person is there. Yeah. I think that that's, it is the hardest part of, of identifying a toxic friend. A lot of the times we know that they're toxic a lot of the times that you know that they don't, we don't bring out the best in each other. You know, it's very obvious in different settings, but you don't want to do it because it's, you have mutual friends and it's, you know, you're in a group chat together or you all hang out and it sucks, you know, it, and that's like one thing that I just want to make sure that it's clear is that like it does suck and it will suck. Yeah. And, you know, there will be times where you might feel left out or your feelings will be hurt or maybe you'll lash out of anger because you're jealous that maybe you're not included. You know, I would say that feeling left out is one of the worst feelings in the world, you know, mm -hmm. and you will feel that way. But I promise you, just like us deciding not to party with the party boys on Saturday so that way we can have a fun <laughs> Sunday fun day, the good decisions you make now will provide for a better, for better days ahead. It just will. Removing those toxic friends now will result in you know, meeting new friends yeah, and you having the time and energy to meet better people, mm -hmm. you know, that align with your, with your views and like where you are in this stage in life. And it opens up so much more. You're a happier person. And, um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good I mean, segue. Or alternatively, like in my, in my experience, when I have like stepped away from relation from friendships or like, you know, those types of situations, I feel like I have then developed deeper relationships with people who are my life that I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, mm -hmm. if you have, you know, a good set of like a top eight, like you are so blessed and you're so oh, lucky, so true. And, you so know, true. take time to develop those who enrich your lives because those are the people who are going to be your lifelong friends and relationships. And, years spent together doesn't mean shit at the mm -hmm. end of the day. You can be friends with someone for 25 years and they still have no idea who the hell you are. And you can be friends with them for two years and they know exactly the kind of person you are at the back yeah. of their hand. Mm -hmm. And it, that especially comes as you, as you get older and as you grow up, you know, your interests 
will change. You know, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. I think that for whatever reason, we think that we have to be like that same person for the rest of our lives. We don't have like the ability to change the way we think, you know, as we get older, maybe gay marriage is really important to you. Maybe racism issues is very important to you. And maybe the childhood friend that you've known forever doesn't agree in gay marriage, you know, or maybe that, you know, maybe it's a deal breaker. And like those types of things are real life and they are important. And you have the ability to like cut ties if that's going to affect you because you want to choose what's best and you want to surround yourself with people. All of this to say, you guys, I think it is so important that with everything in life, you have to look within. Maybe you're also being the toxic friend in the friendship and maybe you need to be self-aware. And that is like equally as important. Mm -hmm. I know that I have shown toxic behavior. I'm not going to lie. It usually is around the toxic friends, but I would say this like late last year and into this year, I took like a friend inventory. I've, I don't think I've ever done that. I've always been the type of person that like wants as many friends as I can. Like I love having all the friends. I don't, I, I like, I don't know. It's just always been my personality. And I feel like in the last six months I've done a friend inventory and I've really sat down and evaluated every single friend and made the decision of like who I genuinely want to invest time in. Who do I want to get to know better? What are my priorities? Is it my church friends? You know, is it, um, you know, getting closer with like my top eight group of friends, like Brooke said, you know, and, and are those other people, am I showing toxic behavior around them? And like, how do I stop that? And so just be self-aware of that because sometimes we, you know, we always want to put it on the other person, but sometimes it is us. Yeah, absolutely. Just as guilty. And especially if we're, you know, going through things as well, you know, like looking within and being more self-aware, recognizing that and then apologize. I mean, the best thing in the world you can do when you realize that you've been the asshole is to say, I'm sorry. I've been the asshole. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm the asshole. Like, let me, let, let's, let's work on this. Like I've identified this and that is okay. It is okay to call yourself out and to, to do that sometimes. Well, I mean, even Marissa and I had a lovely dinner on Friday. Everyone should go to the uh, the archivations <laughs> in a SoCo mix, I think it's called. But so good. We had such a great dinner, and um, I was sharing something with Mar, and we had a really great nitty gritty conversation. And even though I thought it was hilarious the way she reacted, like we were walking to the car, and after <laughs> she was like, "I'm sorry for that," and I was like, "Don't apologize for anything. Like you're one of my close friends. Like you." The way you reacted, you should have reacted. I'm never going to put you down for being a good friend for me because you're all I know is that when, like, you know, when someone reacts a certain way or says, says something in a certain way or in a context, like, it's for your greater good mm-hmm. because your friends and your, and whoever you end up with, I've always felt like are your mirrors. Mm-hmm. Your friends will show you what needs to be worked on or what should be worked on because they are the ones who want the best for you. And if there are people in your life who are not your mirrors and are not calling you out in their shit, they are not in helping you, mm-hmm. you know, not that you're responsible for them, but you know, you should be able to have these hard, difficult conversations in a safe space. Well, they'll be like, you know what? That wasn't the right decision, but here we are talking about it. Yeah. You know, let's talk. And there's a it. reason why you're talking about it. Yes. Yeah. And you don't, I, I think that, and it wasn't even like, it was like that. It, was it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I do think that she knows better, but, <laughs> but I did tell her like, I mean, I just want you to know that like my reaction isn't like poorly. It's just because I think the world of you and it makes me sad if someone else doesn't appreciate you the way that I do, but you never want to react a way that is going to make them no longer want to share with you. Uh 
So what advice would you guys give the listeners about toxic relationships? I don't know. I mean, I would, I would say that, you know, I mean, we've already kind of said it. The number one thing is to like, is, is to evaluate how you feel when you're with these people, when you're with this person and if they lift you up or if they're tearing you down and, you know, more often than not, you could tell yourself for years or you could tell yourself all the time that this person can change. And sometimes people do and sometimes they don't. There needs to be a limit and there needs to be a boundary and boundaries need to be established in friendships. I think in all friendships. Absolutely. I think too, like Mar and Mallory said, like just taking inventory of your friendships and really just, you know, finding out who enriches your life and your circle and how you feel when you leave certain environments. Do you feel replenished? Do you feel happy or do you feel drained? And do you feel like you just got the life sucked out of you? Those are things that I think, you know, like innately in your gut, you know, when someone is not a good relationship that you should have. And feel empowered enough to, you know, stand within your power know that you are worthy of a great relationship with a friend and that you are worthy of having these super special intimate relationships with people. Cause there are people out there who will love you and will appreciate you. And those who don't are for the birds. Oh, wow. <laughs> for the birds. Um, I think my advice is that, um, you know, every friendships, they all go through seasons. And as you get older, you'll be able to recognize, you know, older or not, I guess, even if you're in your, if you're a younger listener or an older listener, you know, like you'll know in your heart, the friends that you could pick up with, you haven't seen in a year and you could pick up with and nothing's changed. And then you know that there's the friends that are, are, you know, gossiping behind your back, or you hear the way they talk about their friends. And I feel, I truly believe that deep down everybody's intuition tells them what they need to know yeah. mm -hmm. and that, you know, if, if that friendship is not serving you. And the only thing that I can tell you, um, I don't know if this is like wisdom from a 33 year old of, of somebody who's like gone through like many transitions with friends, but like, I promise you life is full of like beautiful new relationships. Yes. Life is full of like new work friends and friends from church or, you know, friends that you meet walking your dog or neighbors. Like there is just so much good that comes. And sometimes we constantly get down on ourselves that like thinking that if, if, if I'm not friends with this anymore, this person anymore, I'm going to always be left out. And I could just promise you that if you put yourself out there, like you will make those beautiful friendships again. Yes. Oh, that's Absolutely. a great way to end it. I know. Um, so go out there and find some great friendships and like, let them bloom. And when you're feeling, when you feel better about that, like when you're, when you start to recognize some of those or meet those new friendships and see these people, you just, you'll feel so much better. And you'll think like, wow, like, it's so it's kind of like when you've been in toxic relationships your whole life and then you're finally in like a loving relationship. You're just like, wow, this is what a friendship is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. This is what it should look like. There's aren't these crazy expectations or pressures that we're putting on one another because a we're adults and we're too we're, we're way far past that. Um, but, you know. The second is that like the, these people enrich my life and I equally enrich theirs. So, mm -hmm. yes. And then the last piece, like the only other thing I will say, and like in closing is that not everybody will know your side and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that that, like when I think about friendships that have ended, like what brings me the most insecurity is thinking like, what do people think about this friendship 
is ending. And like, you have to be okay with people not knowing your side of the story. Totally. You know, like there, it has been very difficult letting certain friendships go and, and feeling like, oh my gosh, do I look like the bitch friend that like left them after this? And like, I just have to know, like deep down in my heart, I know what they did. I know how they behaved. I know how they didn't show up. I know how whatever they did. And I have to be okay that not everybody will know. Yeah. My side. And what, and what had, what happened in that friendship again, happened to you. Right. So another friend is not going to know that type of pain that that person inflicted on you during that friendship. Yes. So don't expect everybody to just be like, okay, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon and not be friends with this person either. People need to recognize their own toxic relationships themselves. And you know, that's, that, that goes without saying that, you know, it, it, what, what that relationship, it happened to you and you're the only one that can vouch about how it really made you feel. And you could, you know, obviously talk about that with other people and what have you, but just don't expect that to completely change their mind as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think two things that you guys brought up, like you were saying are, you know, if you're worried about this friend relationship ending. And then you're not worried about like, you know, things not being invited to those weren't your friends. Anyways, you should never have to worry about people mm -hmm. in your life who are actual good friends to you, not inviting you to shit or not wanting you in your life, because if they want you in their life, they will, if they will, if they wanted to, they will bottom line. And then when it comes to your side of the, of, of like the friendship ending or whatever that story looks like, that's between you and that friend, that's your business. That's uh -huh. no one else's business to validate. All you have to know is that you walked away from something that wasn't good for you anymore and you're better for it. And it's your journey. It's no one else's. And if someone isn't happy for you, bye-bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's more so too, not so much like not being invited to certain things because of the thing it's deciding yourself. I'm not going to put myself mm -hmm. in yes. that position to be around that person because I'm not ready yes. because I know what it will do to me mm -hmm. or making the decision. You know, there was like, I'll be honest, like a Friendsgiving where we made the decision not to go because showing up, we knew it wasn't going to be good. Why mm -hmm. go? It, it was just going to be fake. We see how they act with one another. We knew it wasn't going to end well. So we made the decision not to go. Yeah, it sucked for a day when those pictures were posted. And then it was kind of like laughable when you know the things that everyone says about each other. Yeah. And so again, you don't like you have to be okay with like people not knowing your side of the story. And at the end of the day, we can promise you guys that everything will work out the way that it should. And that, you know, the, the idea of like, I'd rather have a bunch of quarters than a few dimes or how does that saying go? I don't even know. I'd rather have like a <laughs> few good friends than a million. I'd rather have a few yes. like very good friends. Quantity over quality. Yes. I'm sorry. Quality, quality over, over quantity. quantity 100%. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, if there's any takeaway advice, it's to ditch them, have your, you know, core set of friends and that's it. But as always, we got to hit you guys with a dating horror story. Oh God. Here we go. Another dating horror story straight from uh, Brooke Hillary. You know, no. <laughs> right from the brookie's mouth. <laughs> so I was uh unfortunately once again on the dating apps. This is a couple <laughs> years ago. Um and I matched with someone, you know, witty banter off the bat, which is totally like my love language, had great conversation. We just said we decided to go on a date. Uh, you know, a girl's got to just make sure that she knows what she's walking into. So I was looking through his profile again, seeing his pictures, looking at his age, his height. And I was like, okay, this guy's profile says he's 5'7". Back then, I was 27 years old. I was a little naive to the 5'7". Um, 
height ratio indicator. I am five two on a good day, <laughs> on a very good day. So I walked in this day already knowing, okay, I'm gonna wear flats just to be, you know, I like to be shorter. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, most women do. It's a more of a feminine thing to be a mm-hmm. bit shorter. If you're taller and you're with a guy who's shorter, like more power to you. I like respect the I hell out of that. I love it. I think it's such, it's such supermodel energy. I love it. But for me, you know, it's not very hard to be a little bit taller than me. So anyway, so I walk into this day, we're walking actually the Tustin district and I walking into it and I see him and I'm like, Oh my God, this cannot be him. Like this, this is, this is not him. He calls me, he picks up the phone or I pick up the phone and I see him and I'm like, Oh my God, it is him. I walk to him. This man's eyes are at my nose. He is shorter than me. Oh my gosh. Like full fledged lied about. Is he a midget? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I was just shook. I was, I looked at my shoes. Like, was there a tiny heel on them? Like I was like, what (laughs) in the hell? Put on my stilettos. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, we go on the rest of the day and I, the whole time. Like nose at your chin. Like I just pictured him trying to kiss you. Like literally like. <laughs> like, I could have given a nice smooch on the forehead to end the night. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, it was my so it was just embarrassing because then I was just like, I, you lied on your dating profile. You've lied to me. You can really clearly see by my reaction that I'm not fucking into it, dude. And so, literally, he is. He will not let me go. I was on this date for eons, and I'm like trying to get out of it. I'm trying to not. I don't even want to hug this human because I've never had to hug a man shorter than me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna like side hug him. Am I gonna be like? High five. Like, how the hell do I get out of this? I also should have known his texts were green. I should have just. Oh, I know. Anyway, so literally the night, you know, the night ends. Thank God I'm coming home. I get this text like, oh, my gosh, it was so nice meeting. I want to see you again. And I literally called him out. I was like, you know what? You're a really nice guy. But I just don't appreciate the fact that you completely omitted the fact that you are not five seven. You are five foot. Like, don't lie to people. What did he say? Uh, he was like, oh, do you know, everyone just kind of inflates their height. And I'm like, bullshit. I don't inflate my height. Mm-hmm. I get like you inflate your weight on your driver's license, but who the fuck is going to look at that other than a cop that pulls you over? Maybe. And even then hardly half the time they even call you out on it. Yeah, like our driver's license are a uh, goal weight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Your height should not be your goal height. Like if you're on a dating app, you need to be transparent. Do not bullshit people about things like your height. Like you truly cannot change your height unless you're a girl, unless you're a guy who wants to rock like the big chunky shoes and that's your vibe. By all means, I won't be dating you, but somebody else will. So live your truth. Don't lie. Welcome to my life because I'm five nine. So I feel like I'm always, I mean, obviously I, I go for taller guys, but um, I feel like I, I know what you mean because if somebody says like, I don't even like dating somebody who's five ten because no. I like to wear heels or I like to wear like boots. Like I don't want to be taller than you, but I do hope to get to a point where maybe I yeah. And height isn't everything. I've dated plenty of short dudes in my life. Like, but it's just, just if they're lying about but it. You're just lying. You're bold faced lying and you're not being honest. And off the bat, why would I want to date someone like that? You're, like, yeah. you're going to lie to me about something that you can't change. What else are you going to lie to me about? It's just, it's another sign that it's something that clearly he was insecure about. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, that's something a little bit deeper. If, if you're, if you're that insecure about your height, 
in order to just like go on a date when you know that that's going to most likely disappoint the other person, then you're not going to find the right person for you. Mm-hmm. Like, had he been transparent, I never would have swiped right on him. He would never had his heart broken. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. bottom line, you're, you're just going to save yourself in the long run by just being honest on both sides of the spectrum, men and women. Yeah. And I just never, the whole height thing, especially with like online dating as well. I just never know how to go about it. I used to be before people put their heights on, I think it was, I don't know, back in the Tinder days, I would be like, um, like before. Oh yeah. Like what shoes do you wear? What shoes should I wear? I would like ask the, like that would kind of like judge or I'd be like, how tall are you? I'm trying to decide what shoes to wear. I feel like guys, um, know what we're up to though, because now they always put it in their profile. Yeah. Like six, I'm six one or whatever, but you know what they say? Most guys love the day May 11th, or as some guys like to call it, May 9th. Five eleven. You're very lucky if you find a June 1st boy, maybe a June 5th. <laughs> I like 4th of July. Hopefully <laughs> he's got basketball uh, money. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. At the end of the day, if you're listening to this episode, you got to be a good friend. So we wish you the best and we hope that you guys go out there, get after what you want. As always, if you guys enjoyed listening to this episode, you can donate $5 or $10 to me at Marissa Norris. 100% of dollars raised are going to our guest, Christine Rodriguez. She donates all of her, um, or we're donating all of our money to her um, foundation in India. Um, yes, they're the CEO and founder of Girl Collective. So, you know, since it's still the month of March, Women's History Month, that's who our philanthropic uh, donations will be going towards to help support her. And um, where can our listeners find you brooke this hot amazing well educated five two five two hot mama history or what is it five two triple d's admin executive ready for for a good time where can these guys find you oh i am at brookie b-r-o-o-k-i-e hillary h-i-l-l-a-r-y and brooke what is your only fans just wait honey it's coming <laughs> they're just a for feet oh hey you know gotta do what you gotta do um, and always gotta make that rent payment honey <laughs> oh, um and always you can find us me mallory at m-a-l-y-b-o-0 on instagram you can find us always a bridesmaid podcast on instagram and i mean if you want to go to the tiktok go ahead and shoot yourself yeah if you want to go to the tiktok and kill yourself you can do that because it'll still probably it'll <laughs> probably feel- still only get five views. If you views. feel like taking a nap, go head over to our Always a Bridesmaid podcast <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> and if you want to follow me at Marissa Norris, M-A-R-I-S-S-A-N-O-R-Y-S. And if anybody can just let us know how the fuck algorithm works on TikTok, <laughs> that would be fantastic. We're going to start asking that question every episode until someone gives us a full fucking answer. <laughs> well, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank and we'll you see you next time. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks, Brookie. Bye.